0: Only bad thing that ever results from your team putting up a touchdown's worth of goals on somebody else is that your goaltender just gets no love at all. I am here, quite literally in Montreal, to go to bat for Tristan Jari. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. Penguins, six. Cease, as they say here. Canadien, zero. And it really wasn't even that close. However, however... If you can bring yourself to momentarily overlook Sidney Crosby scoring his first goal, Brian Rust probably being the best skater on the ice for either side with a couple of pretty assists, Jake Gensel popping one, Teddy Bluger putting in two, including a kind of a garbage time goal with. Uh, A breakaway with less than 10 seconds left. Danton Heinen, Brock McGinn also scored. And all Jari did was put forth 23 saves against a terrible Montreal team that's now 4-13-2. So why would anyone want to talk about him after this? Well, I've got a couple of reasons. One of them is on the ice. And the other, which I strongly suspect you'll find more interesting, is off the ice. On the ice, he was razor sharp from the beginning. And by the way, the Canadians weren't all that bad at the beginning either. No one likes to get embarrassed in Montreal, least of all the team that's employed here. So when you're in front of 21,273 fans in the biggest building in the league and you know they showed up with a bad attitude to begin with, you're going to at least skate hard, and they did, and they generated chances. And some of those chances were via crashing the net, the way you saw the Canadians performing in reaching the Stanley Cup Final just a few months ago. Most of those same players are still here. And they came after Jari. And they bumped him. And they got rebounds. And they got point-blank shots. I mean, golden opportunities. Early on, I don't mean to dump all over the Penguins' general defensive effort, which was mostly good. But this was early, and Jari was really, really good. Really good. And in light of the fact that his last two performances before coming up here represented his two lowest individual game save percentages, this was a pretty nice bounce back for him as well. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank where all it takes is $1 from you and they'll turn it into five full meals for those in need across western Pennsylvania. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how you can become part of this tremendous process. Here's the part I really liked. After the game, Jari comes into the media room. And there's just a handful of reporters uh, in there. And you could just feel there was something different. Because he's usually so... What's the word I'm looking for here? Like flat-faced. Where you can't read an expression to save your life with this guy. You guys have heard me talk about this ever since the first round loss to the Islanders. You've heard me carp on mostly what I felt was like a lack of intensity. That's not to suggest that he's ever had a lazy bone in his body, and I fear that I've had a hard time explaining what's actually in my head. It's it's more that He doesn't find the necessary fire for an extra situation. Does that make sense? Okay. Because when he did sit down at this table to take questions and the subject of his performance came up, he was the one who brought up his really regrettable performance against the Capitals over the weekend in D.C. I think it's just the bit of a sour taste coming from Washington. You never want to give up six goals, and I think that's something that I kind of took personally. It's something that I wanted to improve upon. I think just the last two games, Buffalo and then tonight, I thought I was better, and I thought I was keeping the puck between my, uh, I guess, in the center of me a lot lot more and blocking a lot more I think that that helped and the guys did a great job on rebounds boxing out and blocking shots at the end there I think that was a big key for us you never heard him say anything like that did you I know I haven't I know I haven't I've been around him since his first development camp in Pittsburgh never heard him speak in any sort of uh, revenge tone or uh, I need to a tone for this thing, Uh, he just sounded like that. And again, it didn't come up. It didn't come up, meaning in the form of a question. He wanted that out there. Todd Reardon would end up saying something similar uh, about Jari, about how he felt like he needed to prove himself after that. So, okay, good, good. Because that, I really feel, was the main thing that he was missing in the Islanders series. He didn't find a way. He didn't concoct a way to move to the next level. You know, to get to where you need to be. Whatever it is that you have to tell yourself. Sometimes you hear athletes talking about like, Oh, you all doubted me. You all thought I would. Meanwhile, like, (laughs) when you're listening to him going... Dude, I don't even know who you are to have doubted you, but go, go ahead. Suit yourself. Never heard that from Jari. And he's now, by the way, started eight of the Penguins' past nine games. My guess is that he's going to start the next one as well. That would be tomorrow night in Toronto, where I'm flying down to cover that one as well. And I asked Jari in a semi-kidding way, but not really, if if we'll, well just listen. Here's the question, and and, and here's his answer. You handle this grind? You play almost every game now. You like it? Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's been awesome. It's uh, I had stretches where I, I played quite a few games last year, but it's it's different. You have back. Uh, all the travel you're playing different teams and every night something new so i think it's you're not playing your eight divisional games anymore and i think it's it's exciting when you get to play a new team every night all right okay you can have that you can have that i have no idea who this guy is and what he's done with tristan jari but i'll take it i'll take it saves and shutouts and all when we come back just one question That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back. It's time for just one question. And today's comes from Doug Church, who asks, was this the first time in NHL history a goaltender has posted a shout out and not received one of the three stars of the game? Or did they just forget about him and all the offensive brilliance of the Pens? You know, Doug, I look at the three stars almost never. When they're being announced, as a reporter, you are flying downstairs from the press box. You are getting to the locker room as fast as you can, especially on the road. Because the team is packing extra fast and loading that bus to get to the next city right after the game. The charter is sitting at the airport waiting for the bus to roll right out of the tarmac. So they are in a hurry. And in turn, so are you as the reporter. Definitely not hanging around for three stars. However, however, they do show up on the score sheet. And after your question, I went... And took a look and found that the three stars were in descending order. Number three was Chris Letang, who probably got that because he's from here and they love him. And they had him, not Sidney Crosby, on the marquee outside the arena. I kid you not. Number two. Not that that Letang played a bad game or anything. I'm just saying, okay? Number two was Jake Gensel, probably to their credit for the outrageously good pass he made to set up Sid's ice-breaking goal there. I mean, that's just a world-class touch on that, and awareness and everything else. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the Jake that everybody's been waiting for. And it helps that he's got a Sid that everybody's been waiting for. Number one was Teddy Bluger with two goals, and that's a little lazy. Teddy's second goal, as I mentioned, was beyond irrelevant. Uh, His first one was nice. It also came off a 2-on-0. And overall, Teddy's line was really, really good, which I strongly suspect wasn't the reason that he was picked the number one star. Another variable in Jari not getting a number one star, potentially, is that The three stars, for anybody who doesn't know this, are usually chosen by some team employee of the home team. That's been the case in Pittsburgh for a long time. Media have nothing to do with it. I I used to have a three-star ballot back when the Penguins were at the Civic Arena, but even mine wasn't singular. It, It would be put into a pile of like three or four of them, and then the last vote went to a Penguins team employee. So my guess here is that whoever was the Canadian's team employee would have looked more at the Canadians being awful than to give Jari any credit for keeping them off the board you asked. this just isn't, these three stars, nothing comes of them, nothing comes of them, they're not in anybody's uh, bonus clauses or anything. I. The next time I hear a player even casually mention three stars, uh, as in why was this or why was that, but you know what, since you brought it up, since you brought up the subject, I'm going to end the week of daily shots of penguins by giving you My favorite three-star story ever. Those of you who go back even a little bit in following this hockey team will remember this insane series in the playoffs between the Penguins and Flyers. And right off the bat, you're going to know what I'm talking about just by my saying it that way. There was all kinds of uh, crazy scores. Uh, Ilya Brzgalov was the Philadelphia goalie and Had already begun losing his mind. There were fights all over the place. Guys getting suspended. Scores were like 10 to 7 and everything. And it was so nasty. And there was one game that the Penguins won out in Philadelphia. And... The three stars, as I just mentioned, the, the locker rooms open very, very quickly, right? So in Philly, it opened like almost instantly. I get downstairs, go into the locker room, and um, media relations rep comes in and and uh, says, okay, you guys wanted to do this. And I'm looking like, what? And I'm standing over there by the portion of the Philadelphia locker room where Sid the Superstitious always sits. And next to him was Jordan Stahl. And they, they, they're the ones that the media relations rep was talking to. And they jump off their stalls. And I was, uh, I was about to say something to Jordan. And he goes, hang on a second. I'll be right back. And the two of these children go sprinting, sprinting back out the tunnel and onto the ice to take their three-star twirls. Tour- in front of the loving Philadelphia crowd. In my life, I have never seen and never expect again to see players from the visiting team come out onto the ice and raise their stick to the visiting fans. But between the captain and and Stall, when they got back in, they were just in hysterics. They were they were laughing uncontrollably, and by that point, all of us knew what they had gone out there to do. Just had to share that one. Miss the days when that rivalry was that extreme and that fun. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. I'm here with the team, covering the team uh, through this whole trip. So the next show that you get from me. Will be from Winnipeg, you will hear what I sound like when I'm in an exceptionally good mood.